At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Do you want to save money at the grocery store? Eat more organic, whole foods? Cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. You're listening to the Urban Farm Podcast, your partner in the Grow Your Own Food revolution. Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Katie Hess to talk about a fun new topic for us, blooming into your full potential with the magic of flowers. Katie is a flower alchemist and the founder of Lotus Way, one of the world's leading floral apothecaries. After 15 years of independent research of flower and plant-based healing, her flower-powered community is thriving in over 15 countries. Her transformative elixirs have been featured in O, The Oprah Magazine, The New York Times, and The LA Times, among others. A lifelong spiritual seeker, Katie has studied meditation and mindful awareness techniques with several Tibetan Buddhist masters, including the Dalai Lama and the Kamapa, Tibet's next generation leader. She is the author of Flower Revolution, Blooming into Your Full Potential with the Magic of Flowers, and you can discover what your favorite flowers mean about you at lotusway.com. That's L-O-T-U-S. Wei.com. Welcome to the show today, Katie. Thank you, Greg. I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, absolutely. So just for full disclosure, Katie and I have been friends for, I'm going to say 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we kind of run in the same circles here in Phoenix. And uh, I've been actually 
wanting to get her on the show for a while and it, it just finally happened. So yay. I'm so yay. glad I'm so glad to have you here. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at now? Yeah. So when I graduated college, I was like many people like, okay, now what am I really supposed to be doing here? Yeah. And I traveled a lot. I spent years living outside the country. I studied as many forms of natural medicine that I could find. And I ended up uh, running into a teacher from Spain who was an expert in flower essences. Uh And he said one thing that really just grabbed me. And he said, the power of the potential of these flower essences is that if if we could get, say, 3% of the world's population to be using these essences, it, it would absolutely change the outcome of the future in a, wow. in a really positive way. Wow. And there was something so inspiring in that statement of, of you know, it was when, you, when you're young and throughout your whole life, you really just want to make an impact. And the idea that you don't have to get everyone to get to that tipping point, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a small amount of people would create that much, uh, momentum and ripple effect, right. uh, was really exciting to me. So I, you know, study everything I could from him. I ended up coming back to the States. I did one-on-one consultations with people for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I was floored. I mean, it just got to a point, Greg, where I was, you know, I was with people in appointments. They were confidential. Only I could see them. And I was just seeing the most incredible transformations in people. And I thought, if I don't wow. take this out to the world, uh-huh. I would be doing a disservice. Because mm. if I if I just did one-on-ones, I could probably see 76,000 people the rest of my life with no vacations. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and I actually did the calculation. I thought, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, for, hold on, for hold on, hold on, hold on. You actually yeah. calculated that... You could see 76,000 people for the rest of your life. If I didn't take vacations, you know, which is (laughs) (laughs) kind of crazy, but (laughs) yeah. And, 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 you know, that's a good amount of people, but at the same time, uh, it's not enough. Well, with the rising numbers of of people on pharmaceuticals and kids Mm. on ADHD Mm. medications and, you know, just being in a situation that we can offer alternatives that are extremely effective and very inspiring. That led me in 2010 to, to come out with a line of products that everyone could use, um, you know, things that everybody's looking for, joy right. and peace and love, those kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's been seven years now then since you started your line. Yes. <laughs> how's, it, how's that going? It has been an amazing ride. Being an entrepreneur is... <laughs> one of the best things I've done for my life uh-huh. It is, you know, in some ways it really parallels my spiritual path. I think that, you know, running your own business refines you as a person incredibly. Oh yeah. Right. And this whole notion of just figuring everything out, you have to figure every single thing out mm-hmm. um, is it's really rewarding, really challenging, really fun. Nice. And you're having fun with it. I can tell in your voice. Yeah, so much fun. I think the I think for me the first five years I was working seven days a week. And yeah, I, seven days a week, twenty four hours yeah. a day. Yep, been there. As soon as I hit the five year mark, it's just become even more exciting because it's the team is expanding. I think mm-hmm. we're 10, 11 people, and wow. um, being able to bring in so many other types of personalities and characters and skill sets and see everything scale just a bit and expand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is it's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I was at a conference with Kate, one of your people this week, and she shared with me that you actually travel the world and, and collect these flowers yourself. Yes. <laughs> wow. Tell us about that. You know, it's, you know, how many 40,000 species of flowers in the world and every single one has a really specific benefit for what it does for our state of mind. Mm. And so that's one of the, the most fun parts of the job is going to places like Iceland or Korea or Singapore or India or um, out in the desert here in Arizona mm-hmm. to collect really interesting flowers that whose benefits we need today. You know, because over time things change, like culture changes, technology changes, mm-hmm. different challenges arise, and we need different remedies for different times. So by going out and finding these flowers and making remedies, that's how we can, you know, use the power of Mother Nature to reach people on an everyday basis. Yeah. So tell me about, think back in your, you know, 10 years, 15 years of collecting flowers. Mm-hmm. Tell me a, a story that moved you, that excited you, that, that changed your life when you were out there, you know, with nature collecting. The, actually, the, the craziest story was when I first started collecting. Uh-huh. I was in Canada, in British Columbia, mm-hmm. and I did, it was a full moon eclipse. I did some meditation, some Tai Chi, and I had a full day, and I knew I was there to collect flower essences. I didn't know anything about the flora of the area. Mm-hmm. So I just set out in the forest and made an intention and, you know, a wish, like, please show me where to go and what it is that the people, you know, the thousands of people that I'll impact need most now. Make it clear. And so the first decision point was coming up on this path, these two pathways, deciding which one to go down. So as I'm standing there going, hmm, left, right, uh-huh. this huge black bear comes out from oh my gosh. one side of the forest and, and stops on one of the pathways. He literally stops and turns back and looked me right in the eye. And then lumbered off into the woods. And so I took that as a sign to go down the path that he had just crossed and took off down there. He was well off into the woods, luckily. (laughs) And as I walked, it was like the most bizarre experience. I've never had a similar experience so far with the animals of the area were so communicative. So I was walking along and then a butterfly circled my head three times and landed on a flower. So that was, you know, an indicator of this is a really important flower. Right. And then a little ways down the trail, this beautiful shiny garter snake went literally like a few inches right in front of my toes as I was walking, went off into this patch of white flowers. And so, I mean, the whole trip was like that. It was just bizarre and interesting, you know, way of like listening and feeling so connected with nature. And the crazy thing is when I look back in retrospect, uh-huh. Those particular flowers have been the most powerful in terms of especially like what Amer- not only what Americans need, but what people need all over the world. Like uh-huh. the butterfly landed on a flower called fireweed, which is really good for healing the heart and, you know, making sure we're not so hard on ourselves. Mm. The little white flowers that the snake went into are called yarrow, which is one of Mother Nature's remedies to help us revitalize after being on our cell phones and computers. Right all day long and even you know some of the like nuclear stuff that's going on in Japan right now and all over the world. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of stunning to me to think that there is a wisdom 
an incredible wisdom of billions of years old in this on this earth that we live in. And if we really tap into it, you know, even the animals are, you know, coming together to help us find the, the right. ways for us to tap into that. <laughs> wow. I knew there was a reason I had to ask that question. That's an epic story. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I love about that story is when you're sharing it, you're, you're listening to nature, you're going with nature, you're, and it sounds to me like that's what you do with this whole process. Yes, definitely. You hit it on the head. Yeah. How did you come upon that? You know, the first seven years of my practice when I was working with people individually, when around the time when I first met you, I used my teacher's flower essences as a learning or training ground for myself. And I used the, like selecting what were the different flowers that people needed to train my intuition. So people would come in for consultations and I would play little games with myself in terms of you know, what I thought they needed. And then I'd start choosing the flowers uh, before they came. And then I'd start sharing with them before they shared their story, just to sort of test myself. And so that process helped me just really refine and trust, you know, a level of intuition that I wasn't yeah. used to. And wow. at a certain point, I thought, well, if my teacher was collecting flower essences, wouldn't it make sense that I also collect flower essences? So mm -hmm. that started that whole thing. Wow, cool. So let's dive into flower essences and elixirs and what makes flowers so magical. What What's there for us? Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, just on a everyday basis. They're, mm -hmm. they're incredibly beautiful. They're seductive. I mean, who doesn't like flowers? Mm -hmm. And if you go like one layer underneath, studies are showing that bees, you know, contrary to what we thought that bees were attracted to flowers based on their color and their scent, that bees are actually attracted to flowers by this really subtle uh, electricity that they're emitting. There's this whole level of communication occurring between bees and flowers you know, whether the flower has been pollinated or not, or whether it's ready to be pollinated or, mm -hmm. um, and the bees can sense the different electrical frequencies in the little, little hairs on their legs. And so that tells us that there is this very subtle level of electricity that's being emitted from flowers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just sitting next, I mean, you, you obviously know this from your personal experience and anyone who does gardening or spends lots of time in nature, we know when we spend time around plants and flowers, we just feel better. Um, mm -hmm. But what I think is so fascinating is that each botanical has this really specific, you know, benefit for us, you know, some uh -huh. flowers help us heal old father issues, like who would guess that, you know, some fathers, uh, some flowers help us uh, laugh more immediately so <laughs> uh -huh. some us sleep better um there's just... i could use that one <laughs> it's like as complex or as simple as you want it to be yeah wow so what do you so you collect these flowers mm -hmm. and then what right so we do a solar what's called a solar infusion process so you know, following the cycles of the moon is typically uh, part of the process and choosing flowers that are in areas where there are no people or pollutants or from special, special gardeners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Flower at its full bloom point, um, the, the most vitality in it. 
Uh-huh. And then we do what's called the solar infusion process, which is um, essentially using the light from the sun to transfer that quality of the flower into water. Oh. And, you know, if you've seen any of this, the, the photography of the scientist, Dr. Emoto from Japan, oh, showing, yes. you know, water stores energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so water is the medium. And then we add alcohol to preserve that and keep that. Uh, integrous in the water and then we do several dilutions kind of like homeopathy it's the most bizarre process in that Hmm. the more dilute the remedy becomes uh the less of a physical body remedy it is and the more of a sort of subtle mind heart remedy it becomes wow so there's quite a science behind this yeah, I mean, you know, there's not a ton of double-blind clinical studies out there, but if you think in terms of, you know, science of the earth, science of people, science of thousands of years of people doing this practice, yep. I mean, in the, in the olden days, uh, you know, doctors would recommend going out into the wild looking for a very specific flower, and then you drink the dew from the top of that flower. Oh, as a practice. So mm-hmm. that was the, the old way of collecting them. Luckily, mm-hmm. it's moved beyond that. <laughs> yeah, and then so when you've actually got this remedy, right, you can put it in your body or on your body, and how it actually works uh-huh. is, through, is through your acupuncture meridians. So, you know, this 3,000-year-old system from the Far East of tapping into these meridian lines right. of subtle electricity in the body and that's how the the you know the essences actually move through your physical form. Mm-hmm. So when you say they travel through your physical form, what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I, t- I tend to think of it like you know because people are like, of course, people are like flowers. Okay, they have energy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like, how do you get that into a bottle? And then how do I get it into me? So I tend to think of it in terms of mo- metaphors, like. You don't put a hairdryer in your bathtub when you're in it because of the electricity moves very quickly through water. Right. So when you have these more subtle forms of electrical uh, current, which come from the flower, if you can call it the life force and the chi of the, of the flower. Right. By introducing that into the water of your own body, right, because we're 75% water. Mm-hmm. Or more. Or more. Um, that affects how we feel. And so when you think in terms of acupuncture meridians, or you think in terms of uh, you're working at a computer, you're hunched over, you've got a lot of blockages in your shoulders and your Mm -hmm. neck. Mm -hmm. Um, So the job of the flower elixirs is to move throughout your body and uh, remove energetic blockages. What does that mean, actually? (laughs) What does it mean? (laughs) Well, yeah, you kind of had me stumped there. It's like, okay, where do I go with that? Like, so on a tangible level, it's like each one of us has a certain amount of human potential, right? Uh And when I do workshops, I'm always like, raise your hand if you think you have just like maxed out, like you've hit the ceiling, you are the best you are ever going to be in your life. No one ever raises their hand, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Because there is something innate inside each one of us that knows we have this tremendous potential. It's like... Wow, if I could just if I if I could just be like a little bit more fearless or a little bit more this or that, and we know that we have that in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the flower elixirs do on a more tangible basis is by shifting your mood, shifting how you feel, bringing in more joy, bringing in more peace, removing static, 
um, mm. and, and really accelerating the speed at which you grow. So it's like a catalyst. It's almost like if you think in terms of gardening, it's like a fertilizer. It's like, mm-hmm. like nourishing the soil, right? You, you, you speed up that process of right. bring, bringing out your potential. I'm, I'm almost speechless <laughs> on multiple occasions through this. It's like, cause I'm, I'm wrapping my head around it and trying to, you know, trying to get it as we're talking. And so when I go a little quiet there, that's, that's what's going on for me. Cause it's like, wow, this is so incredibly cool. And it, it all makes sense to me. You know, I've been studying permaculture now for 30 years. And when I discovered permaculture 30 years ago, for me, it was a, wow, how come I haven't been studying this all my life? So I've been immersed in how do we connect with nature for at least, yeah. you know, 30, 35, 40 years. Yeah. And this is really a new, all right, now I'm not using the word new, like it's new right. happening nowadays, because it's been around for a while, but this is a new way, another way of connecting with nature. Totally. Yeah. And, and you're right. Most people don't know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little far out there, right? I mean, I think it's just taken our culture time to sort of shift and mm-hmm. and get to a point where we're open to it. We would, you know, tend to think things are really solid. And then as, you know, our culture has grown and we've studied more about quantum physics and we realize that things really aren't so solid. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> right. You know, and also, you know, ironically, Greg, is that technology has helped me explain these things so much better. So, like... When I say, okay, everyone's got a cell phone. How does your cell phone work? You carry around this little box in your pocket Mm. and you're telling me that it emits invisible waves through space. (laughs) Right, exactly. Miles of distance to some tower and you could call someone in China if you wanted to. Like that is is totally insane, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone would have told you when you were seven years old that you'd be doing this, you would have thought they were crazy. I would. So... I mean, we have how many different like invisible waves passing through the room that you're in right now right. through your body mm-hmm. from the Wi-Fi, from the tech, right? Yeah. And all these different channels and frequencies and waves. And you could you could tune into this one or that one or it's infinite. And so in some ways, we understand that there are invisible energies and we understand that if we're on a computer all day, we're mm. pretty trashed and exhausted by the end of the day. Right. So, okay, I guess it kind of makes sense, right? That plants and flowers that know the precise mm-hmm. moment to bloom mm-hmm. could could also have those kind of emissions that are really healthful for us, <laughs> right? Yeah. Wow. So how long has this been around? Like when mm-hmm. did we discover it? Yeah, this is, it's a great question. I would say thousands of years ago. I mean, it, Aborigines, you you see evidence of it in... Himalayas, when mm-hmm. the yogis would do solitary retreats in caves, they would eat this stuff called chulen, which was like the essence of gemstones and minerals and flowers. Mm-hmm. You see it in doctors like Paracelsus, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in you know 14th, 16th century Europe. It became a little more formula formalized in the Western world in the 1940s by a doctor named Dr. Edward Bach. Oh, who, Bach flower he, remedies. Exactly. He yep. was a you know, a allopathic doctor, he got discouraged, he studied homeopathy, he got discouraged, and then he just went out into his garden and said, wow, there's a lot of answers out here with the flowers. Mm-hmm. And so what we're really trying to do, or what you know, my team and I are really trying to do these days is 
is just spread that message a little bit wider than the small niche that it's been in. Yeah. Well, I think it's time, you know, yeah. maybe before it wasn't for everybody, but we're now, I believe at a time in our history where it's sort of like, you know, when you look at the soil and the fruits and the vegetables and the loss of minerals and you say, well, we probably do need some sort of vitamins. It's right. like that. It's like, well, with the amount of technology we're using, the lack of nature time we're spending, we probably, probably there will come a time when everybody says, yeah, we should all be taking flower elixirs. Yeah. We need it. Amen to that. So what are the short and long-term effects of using flower elixirs? Short-term is you feel a pretty direct shift in your mind state. So mm -hmm. depending on what you're taking, uh, you might notice yourself laughing more or wildly creative and productive or sleeping like a rock or mm -hmm. tons of energy or suddenly you just kind of like hear the birds singing and you feel more yourself, like less static and irritation. Mm -hmm. Now, is that, is that one each of different flower elixirs or is that one flower elixir? Because I want it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> they each have their like very specific, you know, one might make you laugh, one might make you sleep. Mm. But on an overall basis, no matter what you take, you will feel more like yourself and more at ease and less kind of, Less hard edges to life. Yeah. And the um, long-term effects? Long-term effects, yeah. So when people start using them regularly, every day, mm -hmm. five times a day, or putting them in their water bottle, after about four months is when I see that whatever the internal shifts have been start reflecting back to them in their outer life. So that's when people will start saying, relationships are changing, friendships are changing, I shifted mm -hmm. my job, I, I like opportunities are just coming to me magically like because of that internal shift in energy the external world is very differently reflecting things back to them and if you want to take it a step further it helps us you know it speeds up our personal growth and potential and it quiets down anything that's not us like you know when you get into your 30s and you start saying wow I sound just like my mom I sound just like my dad uh -huh. Um, it really brings to the surface who you are versus, you know, oh, your eight yeah. generations back of your grandparents and all of that stuff, patterning. Hmm, cool. So how do flowers and flower elixirs mitigate the effects of stress? Because that's, you know, we, I, I tell people all the time, there's three things in our culture that cause 100% of the disease. And that's lack of nutrition in our food, environmental yeah. toxins, and stress. Absolutely. And I had, I can't tell you how many medical doctors and nutritionists, they, everybody, and you, you agree with me. So I, you know, I can directly address lack of nutrition in our food and environmental toxins by teaching people how to garden. And there's a certain amount of, you know, reducing stress that happens there as well. How does the mm -hmm. flower elixirs, uh, you know, address that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it could be, there's, I see it as two levels. One is just what we're up against every day, which is a, you know, rush, rush culture. Uh -huh. We got to return, we got to return all those emails and texts quickly. Mm -hmm. A lot of, a lot of tech, a lot of, uh, you know, spending times indoors, not enough time in nature, physical tension, harder to sleep. Our minds are really busy and chattery. Mm. Um, so that's, I think that's like the first level of just, this is really what we're all, all up against in this modern life. The second level is 
every single one of us has our own favorite flavor of suffering. Like every, you know, we all have challenges in life. We have Mm -hmm. heartbreak, we have heartache, Mm -hmm. we have, um, you know, things internally that make us feel really vulnerable. And so there are those two levels of stress, I think, that are pretty much constantly operating for all of us. Yeah. And so, I mean, flower elixirs are just incredible at, at mitigating both of those levels and layers. And mm-hmm. uh, in terms of releasing tension and bringing in more ease and more possibility and uh, relief and strength and confidence and really just like helping us feel on top of our game all the time. And not only that, because it's not always about, you know, being on top of our game. Sometimes we just have rough patches in life. Right. But it's about deeply understanding ourselves and being able to gain insights from the challenges that we have. And just, you know, no matter what's going on, that we feel really at home in ourselves and really comfortable mm. and that we're learning from whatever the challenges are. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you <laughs> overcame that fairy and what you might've learned from it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I would say, um, dialing back to when I very first started the, the product business, uh-huh. you know, that point where I was like, okay, I've got to get out to the world. And, so I said, well, where are other people selling flower essences? Health food stores. Right. Okay. I'm going to spend thousands of dollars, get a booth <laughs> at this, uh, you know, the trade show, the natural products expo yep. in LA uh-huh. in Anaheim. Uh-huh. And I'm just going to like get out there. And so we, you know, threw together our, <laughs> our little PVC pipe booth uh-huh. <laughs> And made our way, and I remember walking down this long hallway to the this big expo center and asking this guy, so how do you guys usually do on your shows? And he said, oh, we never make money. This is just for promotion. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> Oops. That was like the precursor, right? And then we had we actually had like a wonderful time at the expo. Uh, we probably got over 300 business cards. We got a lot oh. of interest. Mm-hmm. I hired an assistant. We called every single person, and I think we got two orders. Hmm. <laughs> right. So it's like, okay, I was thinking to myself, okay, I have something. I know the world needs it. The only place where it's sold, no one wants it. It's like, it was a, just oh, wow. a total dead end. Like yeah. every door slammed in my face. And so I just had to stop again and go right back to like Mother Nature and mm-hmm. say, I am here, I surrender, and I'm making a wish. I have a wish to impact a lot of people in a very positive way. Yeah. How the heck am I going to do this? And so I ended up hearing about this opportunity with a, a spa and resort that were, that were um, being built when the economy was booming. And I ended up pitching them a concept. And on the day that they hired me, there was this night-blooming cactus flower that went into full bloom and I ended up sneaking back on the property at night so I could collect it. And it turned out to be this flower that bloomed one night a year. I mean, it's just like the incredible, vicious. So what, I mean, to make a long story short, what I learned from that is there's always a way and it may not be the way that you think it is. And if you can always stretch to find out what your way is, because your way is always the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's crazy. Right. 
So what do you consider your biggest success? I would say that we have created a movement. We, Mm. you know, we've moved beyond, you know, selling products. Like none of us ever think of that as what we do. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, and with, you know, obviously the book helps with educating people and we have events. We recently just started doing these events called flower lounges where we come into a city Um, we have a three hour event where we do meditation, group meditation together and we do some group exercises. And the whole point of that is, you know, based on studies that show that group meditation reduces crime rates and increases harmony in communities. Oh, wow. And so we're just really focused on creating a huge worldwide ripple effect. And I would say the greatest success is that it's real, it's happening, it's authentic and our community feels it. Hmm. So where does somebody find out about one of these if they want to attend? Yeah, so on our website, we have an uh, events page. And hmm. we, we we just did a four-city tour on the East Coast. And we're in within a matter of a few days, we'll be popping up our Midwest and our West Coast tour in July. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. All right, tell everybody now. We'll get to it again also. What's your website? It's lotus, like the flower, and way, W-E-I.com. Perfect. What drives you? What drives me most is the potential that each one of us has, both individually and collectively. Mm-hmm. I think we're capable of things that we don't even know we're capable of. <laughs> we have hidden talents. Yeah. We have, you know, it's like that, you know, it's kind of like that old Einstein quote that you can't solve a problem with the same mind Mm -hmm. that created it. Yep. I think there is a vast potential in each one of us that we we don't even know about yet. That's just waiting to be tapped as well as the potential of us coming together in groups collectively, um, to make really big, badass, positive stuff happen. (laughs) Badass. Stuff. <laughs> wouldn't have wouldn't have imagined that coming out of your mouth but love it <laughs> love it so i'm all about education and i have to know is there a book that's been influential for you in this process in your life i love anything written by a teacher named chogyam trungpa uh he was a tibetan uh, meditation master who came from tibet and went to scotland and ended up in the, the united states and the title that comes to mind, he has a book called Spiritual Materialism. But it, basically anything by him is phenomenal in terms of the power of being authentic and vulnerable mm-hmm. and real and honest with yourself and the, the transformative power of, of being aware of all of those things that are going on inside of us. <laughs> nice. Nice. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? The thing that I see honestly coming up more and more in, in, in culture is, is like I was saying this, this idea of being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. being open Mm -hmm. and being able to really look, look at what's going on inside of ourselves. You know, life is crazy for all of us. We all have so much going on and we all have so much potential and mother nature is there with the tools to help support us through it and help speed up the good and help dissolve the, the uncomfortable That, you know, whether for you it's gardening or for spending more time in nature, sitting under a tree, or if it's trying flower elixirs, 
that really, if, if we choose to tap into mother nature, there is so much full on support there. Yeah. <laughs> well, amen to that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Katie. It has been a treat getting to chat with you. You too, Greg. I'm so happy with everything that you've created. It's a joy to be a hmm. part of it. Well, thank you. Thank you. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, talk a little bit about your website and what you have to offer on your website. Yep. So Lotusway, L-O-T-U-S-W-E-I.com. You can find out about events in our community, flower elixirs. We have a flower evolution program where we have a special elixirs each month that we've just collected recently from different parts of the world. We are heavily active on social media, especially Instagram and Facebook. And we love communicating with our community. There's also a quiz on the homepage. So if you're interested in just exploring, hmm, what does it mean if you're attracted to certain flowers? Uh-huh. There are 24 different flowers on our homepage. You choose the three you're most attracted to, and it gives you a, like about a nine or ten paragraph report about what it means about your state of mind right now. Wow. That's... People get sort of like, whoa, freaked out because it's very, very accurate. Oh, <laughs> all right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So that's Lotus Way, L-O-T-U-S-W-E-I.com. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Lotus. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. All right, we're good. Thank you. Good job. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food, and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWantToGarden.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWantToGarden.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed 
or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.